What's up, guys? I'm Chris Holdsworth, and this is the MMA Rundown, brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. We're going to talk about one topic for three minutes and then move on to the next one. Today, I'm joined by UFC featherweight Josh Emmett. What's going on, guys? Let's go. All right, first topic we're going to talk about is the UFC Fight Night Review. Oliveira's wild comeback. He TKO'd Michael Chandler. Uh, man, he almost got finished in that first round. And then that second round, he came back, hit him with that left hook. What do you think about that main event? Yeah, no, it was an awesome fight. You know, it's kind of, it went down how I thought. You know, I did this other uh, interview and I was saying I could see how both guys win the fight. Um, I, I like Chandler's work ethic, uh, but I knew Oliveira is a, a dangerous fighter. Um, he's so technical on his feet and, and then on the ground. It's like, I think he has the most submissions in the UFC. Um, and it just showed his heart. You know, it was, it was a good fight. I thought the same thing from the get-go. Um, Chandler has that power, almost finished him in almost the first. Almost finished it, man. But then, you know, Oliveira came out in the second, and uh, he wanted that belt a little more and, and caught him. You know, it was, a, it was a good fight, though. Yeah, great fight. We'll talk more about that on the next topic. Then we got Barboza's TKO. I called that one. I actually called the decision win. But Barboza, man, it was a great fight. He fought Burgos, the guy, you know, you previously just fought. And, and Burgos took a lot of punishment that fight. Those leg kicks, he's probably not walking right, you know, these, these next couple weeks. Um, but then Barboza, man, just toughed it out, was able to, you know, keep his range and 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 get that, that good win against Shane. Uh, what do you think? You know, since you fought Shane in, in the past, I know you probably had some nerves watching that. I know I have nerves. If I fought somebody, if I know somebody, I kind of get, you know, a little excited. So what do you think about that matchup? You know, I, I knew it would be a good fight. You know, I, I was saying I knew uh, Burgos would pressure him. He would have to because, like, you don't want to get kicked yeah. by Barboza's leg kicks. And he came out, um, and now everyone's doing the calf kicks. I was thinking he was going to just blast those kicks, and that's exactly what he was aiming for. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a good fight, competitive fight. I thought it was 1-1 going into the third. Mm -hmm. And it just depends sometimes with the Barboza you've seen in previous fights. Um you know, when it's not going his his way, sometimes he'll start to shut down. And, and I thought he was kind of doing that towards the second, but then they came out in the third, and you know, uh, it's like who who wants it more? And they were they were going at it, but yeah, it was a gnarly, gnarly, uh, yeah, delayed KO. And we, yeah, what do you guys think about that delayed delay KO? I've never seen something like that. Have you guys ever seen something like that in MMA? Uh, not to like that effect. Like that was like a three, two to two to three second delay. I've seen like you hit and then like they're thinking and then they're like whoa. So I think that temple shot just just rocked him. You know maybe he didn't yeah. feel it right away and then it just sometimes your equilibrium kind of gets affected a couple seconds after. I I, th I think that's what happened. On yeah that yeah I've ne I've never seen that. I've seen people get hit to the liver like in boxing. You see people delayed. Yeah. Uh, yeah you know, knockdowns that way, they get hit, and then they try to poker face and then just kind of collapse. Uh, but that was weird. At first, when I saw that, I thought he was trying to taunt him. I thought he was playing with him, like acting like he's dazed. But then when I f saw him fall against the cage, I was like, man, what the hell is going on here? I just think it's some neurological thing. And man, he has taken a lot of, uh, you know, big shots in the in the past. And he was taking some, some big shots in that fight. But I, yeah. I hope he's okay. No, that's a good point. I've seen a ton of delayed body shot knockouts. They're Body's breaking Whatever. down. They're trying to hold on, but never in the head like that. And he yeah. looked like he was there. Yeah, he was like looking forward, arms up, but then uh, the brain just looked like it shut off. And he didn't just go down; he went down and yeah, and then went just to space sleep. Plan. And then he he got a few, you know, 
a few more shots to the head when he was out, you know, which was yeah. a little unfortunate to watch. That was tough. So, uh, moving on to the next topic, uh, let's talk about the Oliveira fight a little bit more with, uh, you know, Michael Chandler. You know, me and uh, Garrett both called Michael Chandler last week. We thought he was going to get the big, the big KO or TKO win, which we were almost right. <laughs> but you know, MMA and almost, you know, you can't really, uh, you know, talk like that in, the, in this game. But you know, the shots that Chandler was hitting with, I, I thought some referees would have would have called that fight. You know, but with championship fights, I think they let him go a little bit more. They want to actually see the person out and you know them get a legitimate victory. But uh, I'm not betting against Oliveira anymore, man. I usually, I'm for the jiu-jitsu guy. I'm for the submission guy. But I just thought Chandler was going to be able to stop a lot of his takedowns and, and hit him with some power shots. But Oliveira proved me proved me wrong once again. Uh, ran around the arena afterwards, bled on Dana White. I saw that. Um, <laughs> so who, who does Oliveira get next? Is it Poirier and McGregor? Or who do you think is, is in line? Yeah, I think it's the I, I think the winner of that rightfully so deserves the the shot. You know, Poye, he's the number one contender. He could have fought for the title, but he turned it down because he wanted the money fight, uh, which I don't blame him. I would have done the exact same thing. Um, so I feel like the the winner of the McGregor Poye fight gets Oliveira. Um, yes, yeah, I, I think that's that's fair. Yeah, and there's a Twitter exchange with Connor. Uh, Told Connor to worry about Poirier. Uh, I guess that's what uh, um, Oliveira said. Uh, UFC's longest road to belt: twenty-eight fights. That's insane. That's crazy. And I think he went like he lost like eight fights in the first years coming up, and now he's like eight and zero with eight wins. Uh, yeah, that back was his to back. Ninth, I think his ninth. Yes, yeah, so I think he went row. ten and eight in the first what what how many years? Now he's just eight or nine wow. straight. Yeah, now he's nine and zero, yeah. and. You know, they're all predicting the winner of the Conor Poirier is going to get the shot at the belt. It's going to be hugely publicized, huge pay-per-view, right? And the opening odds, whether Dustin faces him or Conor, they're both the favorites going in that Charles Oliveira fight. So it goes to your point, Chris. He's always, you know, the underdog, kind of disrespected as yeah. the less flashy BJJ guy. So what do you do? You like Charles in, in either one of those fights? Do you like him better against Conor or more against Dustin? Man, yeah, I think uh, I think he could do some damage to Connor on the ground. I, th- I think he would be able to get some sort of a uh, offensive jujitsu going against Connor, and 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 Poirier. I know Poirier's good on the ground too, but I think he I think he poses threats to, to any of those guys. Uh, you know, I'm not calling I'm not counting Oliver out anymore. I think his striking is really good, and I'm kind of interested to see like what turned that corner for him, like. Went going ten and eight his first years in the UFC, and then just turning a corner, going nine straight, beating some of the best guys in the division. Um, I, I want to know if he changed up his coaches or if he's you know eating something different, like you know if he's on some new supplements. Like I'm not sure, but uh, he seems like he has a great uh, energetic personality, running around always smiling, very uh, humble and respectful. So uh, I, I love seeing those type of fighters. All right, let's move on to the next topic. We got to talk about Jacques de Souza's crazy arm break. Uh, man, that was a crazy armbar in general. Just the way uh, you know he the Moonies slid off the back and just kind of had his arm tucked underneath his arm. And I, I know in jiu-jitsu, when you have arm bars, you know tucked underneath the armpit, you get way more leverage uh, with finishing those 
those style of arm bars because you're able just to really arch in and use that leverage. And that was a slick arm bar setup. I don't think Jacques Adair saw it coming. You know, I think his arm got trapped and he couldn't get it out. And that that, that guy's jujitsu is legit. You heard that loud snap, um, broke his humerus. Yeah. And it looked like to me it was like kind of up here, like above his elbow. Um, poor Jacques Adair, you know, like he's probably at the tail end of his career. And, uh, you know, that was a crazy fight. Did you get to see that? Yeah, one? no, I did see that. And at first I thought uh... – I, I didn't, the sound wasn't up that loud. So I thought he dislocated his arm, you know, cause it was just kind of hanging there. I was yeah. like, oh, I dislocated his shoulder. And then they, of course they replayed that. And I turned up the sound and you could just hear like the nasty, just loud break. It sounded like you were snapping a, you know, a two by four. But uh, yeah, that, that guy, I haven't really seen Muna's fight too, too much. And he was super slick and he was super, uh, just, he seemed like he was comfortable and just, just really uh, methodical about everything. Yeah, like you said, I, I haven't seen much of him yeah. either. Um, and usually I'm pretty hip to the, the jiu-jitsu guys. But he said in the pre-fight interview that he thought he had better jiu-jitsu than Jacques Adair. Wow. And then when I heard that, I was like, ha-ha. You know, I kind of gave <laughs> him a little joking. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, man. And then the first takedown, Jacques Adair got on top. And I was like, oh, yeah, you know, we got this one. And then when he, when he hit that, like, falling off armbar off the back, yeah. I was like, ooh, that was sneaky. So that guy's jiu-jitsu is definitely legit. Um, you know, hopefully Jacques Adair has, has, has a great recovery. And who, who knows how long that would take. And it's like, what's next for Jacques A guy who's had that many fights, he, you know, he, he just lost to Holland, got got finished by Holland. Mm -hmm. Now he got his arm broken off. Um, and how old is he? He's, is he 42 or 43? So it's like... He's got to be in his 40s, man. Because yeah. he, uh, you know, when I was coming up in my jiu-jitsu journey, like he was already a black belt. Yeah, okay. so he's 41 years old. He's got he's got a ton of fights. Um Knowing Jacadere, he, he probably won't just retire. He'll, yeah. he'll probably want to get one and, and win one before he goes, but that's going to be a long recovery. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, he, he's in kind of the same boat, 41 years old, coming off two losses that are he got finished in both fights. Mm -hmm. Bad. That was a bad knockout by Holland, and one for the highlight reel. And same with this one. This is getting a lot of publicity. 28,000 shares on MMA Junkie because people like to see brutal things like that. Arms yeah. get snapped. You know, the general public wants to read that article. So it's a tough one. I feel like he's in the same boat as Cowboy. It's almost retirement fight time. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Uh, and who knows? That might be his last fight. If he's 41, closer to 42, and then he has a who knows, eight to 12 month layoff, is he going to come back at, you know, his late 42 or early 43? And 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 fight another guy it's like uh you never know no that's a great point he's not coming back from a concussion he has to have that arm heal what does yeah. that take nine months well, they, they, yeah they say six to eight weeks for a bone but it's like it's usually a lot longer than that and he had uh, i saw the the x-ray he had huge plates put in there and yeah it's gnarly so we'll see all right moving on to the next topic we got ferguson's future let's talk about that you know <laughs> losing three straight uh, you know, Dana wonders if, you know, cage battles have caught up to him. He's 37 years old. And, you know, honestly, you know, I think about that sometimes, too. Like, I'm like, these guys have had some wars in there for years and years and years. And not only that, that you know, the, the journey coming into the UFC, the journey before there, all the sparring leading up to all the fights. 37 years old, he's fought the best guys in the world. Like, when is, you know, when is enough? Like, when, when do you know? Like, when is toughness you know, uh, kind of just get in there and, and ego gets in and you're like, you don't want to stop fighting. And I'm not saying like Ferguson doesn't have anything left in him. He, you know, he's still competing with these guys. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but it's like when it when is enough what, what do you think like yeah no i uh i agree like i i'm always rooting for anyone that has a knee injury i'm rooting for anyone that's older <laughs> just because I, i'm 36 so yeah. he's only you know six seven months older than i am but these guys have taken so much damage in their career they've been in these crazy wars where i've only taken damage in one fight out of all of my 18 pro fights um so i'm always rooting for him but also he, you know he's coming off of three losses he fought gaichi who's number two in the division and he fought for the world title he lost to khabib then he just lost to the current lightweight champion so he's fighting the best guys in the world um you know and then darius you know, uh, had a perfect game plan. You know, he, he's so good on the ground as well, yeah. technical on his feet. And it wasn't like a, he just kind of, he, he he stopped, he shut everything down that Ferguson was trying to do. And it was a pretty easy fight for him, you know, yeah. but he's still be fighting the best guys in the world. So I still think he has a lot left in him. Um, Cause I, I plan to fight till I'm, you know, Jock Ray's uh, age, you know yeah, what I mean? I'm, yeah. I'm hoping for, and, and so. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. You have to think, you know, he, he's coming off the loss of Charles Oliveira, the current lightweight champ. Then he goes against Darush, who's this BJJ ace, and it's his time. He's mm-hmm. on a huge winning streak. He's looking good. And, yeah, Tony Ferguson ran into him on his way up. So my thought is let's give Tony a guy in the higher end of the top 10 or maybe someone that's trying to break into the top 15 and they get mm-hmm. a chance to fight Tony Ferguson. Yep. And it either breaks someone's in or – Tony is right back in the mix to fight a top 10 guy again or a top five guy again because people are saying he's on his way out. Father Time has caught up with him. Uh, it's it's He has such a good fan base. I'm such a huge fan. How many losses is he going to take before we have to admit that he is losing a step? But those three guys are too good. So I want to see him go against slightly less competition see if he can get back in the groove. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with that. I want to see somebody, you know, like – less competition get him back in the in the winning circle and then maybe that bump up his confidence and you know he can put another string together but uh you know yeah i'm a huge huge ferguson fan as well the the toughness on that guy not tapping into that heel hook you know or that uh, arm oh, yeah, yeah. Oliveira, like yeah. it's insane and not like, giving up in general like uh yeah huge fan hope, hope to see him back in the winning circle mm-hmm. all right next topic we're gonna talk about is the triller dana white dana white blocks gsp de la hoya so i guess there's talks uh de la hoya wants to have a, a triller fight he's been in talks with dana white and there was words that gsp was in the mix or de la hoya was calling out gsp um and then dana dana rips thriller and gets post fight calls it a joke he doesn't give a about about it <laughs> um and gsp has yet to open acknowledge the fight so he hasn't really talked about it I think that that would be a good fight. I would pay to watch that fight, but I don't think that's smart for GSP to just come out of retirement and, and f- fight a great boxer like De La Hoya. Even though De La Hoya has been, you know, s- sniffing coke and banging strippers. <laughs> <probably. laughs> yeah, uh, I probably know he's been doing that. But uh, I don't think it's smart for GSP just to come out of retirement and fight someone like that. And uh, what do you, what do you think about it? Yeah, no, I I think, you know, De La Hoya was one of the best boxers of all time. He's been retired for quite some time. He wants to make some money. Um, It's a little unfortunate for GSP because he was like, you know, one of the goats of the UFC. And uh, he he hasn't fought since he fought Bisping for that middleweight title. But it would suck because if you were in that that position for GSP and you can go make a quick million or two, three million, whatever he could get, like you would want that opportunity. so I, I might be a little upset, but 
I also you'd be stepping into De La Hoya's like that's that's what he's an expert in, you know. So it's like if it was reversed, then I you know GSP would kill him in a in a a regular fight, but a boxing match, it's kind of like. Uh, yeah, he's probably gonna lose. Um, even though GSP, he, you know, he's worked with Freddie Roach and and great uh, MMA coaches over the years. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's a tough decision. Yeah, I wonder when De La Hoya's last fight was because he doesn't look like the same De La Hoya. He looks like about forty pounds heavier. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know he's in. I know some people who party with De La Hoya, and I've I've heard some funny stories about the guy. So um, he he's probably spent a lot of money money over the years on on you know partying and all that stuff he 48 years old right mm-hmm. <laughs> 48 years old so he's not moving like he used to he used to be real fast and i'm sure he still has hands and he's a great boxer but somebody somebody needs to fight the guy and get paid i, I want to see that i want to see de La Hoya back in the ring yeah i i like what's going on i like unlike a lot of the mma community the spectacle of thriller with these singers and youtubers it's entertainment you know yeah, and it's sure. it's fun to watch and they're making a lot of money so the pay-per-view king over here dana you know he there's he doesn't believe in their numbers there's got to be maybe jealousy is not the right word he doesn't want them seeing big pay-per-views every three months from triller and he especially doesn't want to see them knocking out his ufc goats yeah so and a part of me wants me to like let's send some of those good fighters over there not the ben Askren to to finish these guys like the Jake Pauls, Taiwan Rudley's trying to get over there and fight them. So it's weird. It's a weird time for MMA and boxing, this this spectacle that's going Let's on. Let's get Israel Adesanya in there. I think he would do good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, would, that would be a good one. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching the MMA Rundown brought to you by Fandle. Please don't forget to like this video and subscribe to our channel. We'll see you next time.